Truth News Network. In a world where up is down and sideways is a way of life, when the truth one moment is a lie the next, and everything is your fault, you need hope. You need clarity. You need TNN. The Truth News Network. And Dan Newman. Isn't that really what we're facing now? What seems to be up is really down. What seems to be left is really right. We're not getting any good answers. I mean, none. And reasonableness, whatever you think is reasonable, you can forget about that. When you put that in the glare of the far left, those bureaucrats, pretty much bureaucrats that are running this nation, I got to be honest with you. I'm not no. I'm not really, really sure that uh, Joe Biden is the guy that's running this nation. Not sure who is, but whoever's running the nation isn't doing too good a job. I think you'll agree with me there. Oh yeah, they they leak all this good news out. We're going to talk about some of that good news this morning. You know, really good news in light of everything that's really going on. We're supposed to forget about all that and just think about, hey, 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 we have good news. Well, this Supreme Court justice thing with the replacement for Justice Breyer that uh, is going to happen. Breyer yesterday went to the White House and he formally informed President Biden that he is going to retire And that's because President Biden's holders, the dark money people above him, put so much pressure on Breyer, they couldn't get him to step forward first and retire. And so what did they do? They leaked to the media that Breyer was about to announce his retirement. And the 83-year-old justice that's been on the court for 23 years, he said, you know what? I don't need any more of this. I'm going to go to the House, and whatever that means to him. So that's exactly what he's going to do. And he said he's not planning to leave until the end of this session, which generally happens sometime in June, I believe. But the Biden folks are pushing for the change to be made before then. Joe Biden says by the end of next month, he's going to make his nominee known and send that nominee to the Senate Judiciary Committee to begin hearings on that uh, confirmation, whoever that's going to be. And whoever it's going to be, you and I both know it's going to have to be somebody that is not moderate, like Breyer. You know, Breyer, every once in a while, in his opinions, he's joined conservatives on the Supreme Court. Most of the time, he leans left. But every once in a while, he goes the other way. That's what you call a moderate. In the Senate, that's like Senator Joe Manchin, from West Virginia. He sometimes forgets about the far left perspective and he goes back to the middle. Novel idea, I just had this thought. Joe Biden campaign telling Americans he's a moderate. There isn't one thing that's happened in his administration that confirms any moderation in the life of this guy. Not just political, folks. (laughs) His personal life. He's up to his eyeballs in corruption in his personal life that is spilling over into your life and mine. Just when you think you've seen it all, that it can't get any worse, it gets worse. That's what we're going to spend some time on today. 
obviously the big things we're hearing about every day, lawlessness across this nation. A young gangster rapper who accidentally shot both himself and a New York Police Department officer during a tussle last week, that kid's already been freed thanks to money from a high-profile record label. You can't make this up. On Tuesday, 16-year-old gangster rapper Cameron Williams, a.k.a. C-Blue, was among a disorderly crowd standing outside an apartment building in the Bronx. When New York police officer Kasim Pennett approached the group with a six-person, including him, public safety team, rapper Williams refused to follow orders to take his hands out of his pockets, and that led to a scuffle. During that scuffle, the gun in Williams' pocket, yeah, that's what was in his pocket, not just his hand, accidentally went off firing a single round that amazingly first struck him in the groin and then Officer Pennett in the leg. Both survived, though both needed hospitalization. So after the rapper received treatment, he was charged with attempted murder, criminal possession of a firearm, and criminal use of that firearm. Sounds like some pretty serious stuff to me, right? Then he was shipped off to a juvenile detention facility, but he was set free just an hour or two later. Bronx prosecutors tried for their part to keep him behind bars by requesting that he be held indefinitely without bail. But then, guess what happens? An attorney managed to convince the judge over the case to cut him a break. So that was, I said, um, I think I said Thursday, but it was two Thursdays ago the incident had happened. At Williams' arraignment last Thursday, Bronx prosecutors asked Judge Dennis Boyle that the gun-toting teenager be held without bail. But Boyle set the bail at $200,000 instead. So Williams' lawyer, Don Florio, said her client has career goals and would not flee. Florio, who also represented rapper Takashi69 last year, said Williams is a rapper who has a contract with Interscope Records. His career goals apparently involve producing music. Boyle has a track record for going soft on crime. That's the judge. So much so that an editorial penned a scathing column back in November warning that his leniency toward these criminals is costing New Yorkers their lives. And they gave several specific examples, most notably this one. Quote, in May, he sprung reputed gang member Stephen Mendez, granting him probation for participating in an armed robbery and shooting last year. Prosecutors had asked for up to four years in jail. Mendez is now accused of killing college student Psycho Coma, age 21, last month. So exactly a week after Williams was charged, the rapper, he posted bail after reportedly collecting an advance on a deal that he'd recently inked with that record company, Interscope, the same record company behind rappers like Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, and 50 Cent. Excuse me, 50 Cent. 
His release enraged the well-known and respected New York Police Department Police Benevolent Association Union. If anybody wants to know why we have a crisis of violence in this city or why we're about to bury two hero police officers, look no further than this disgraceful bail release. That's from Union President Patrick Lynch. This individual chose to carry illegal guns twice. He chose to fight with and shoot a New York City police officer. There's no reason to believe he won't do the exact same thing when he's out on the street tonight. Shame on Judge Dennis Boyle for allowing this to happen. The people of the Bronx won't be safe as long as he's on the bench. And of course, that's just one example of what's going on. What else happened? Well, let's just back up a little bit. Let's go up to 10,000 feet. Look at the landscape. A Michigan sheriff sadly posted a photo of condolence letters for first responders who died in the line of duty in January on Thursday following the shooting of six officers in a 48-hour period in a very um, obviously violent trend surging from coast to coast. And unfortunately, another three were shot in Houston yesterday. Three officers were shot in Houston, all three hospitalized after they responded to a domestic disturbance call. One officer was shot in the foot, another in the leg, a third was shot in the arm. All are in stable condition at Herman Hospital. The officers all belong to the Northeast Patrol. I'm not even going to give you their names. That doesn't matter. The suspect crashed into a parking lot gate. And then he just opened fire on the officers with an automatic weapon. You can go on YouTube and find the video of this, folks. You need to do that just to hear what a fully automatic weapon sounds like. This will put in perspective what the left are trying to sell to the American people, that a semi-automatic handgun or rifle is an automatic weapon. They're not. Vast differences. Look up that YouTube video and listen to the sound of a fully automatic weapon. Officers returned fire, but the suspect got away. He carjacked a Mercedes, at least he has good taste, and he continued to flight, just get away. He proceeded to a, to a place and barricaded himself in a home, was later taken into custody. Cops surrounded the house, a shootout ensued, the suspect getting shot in the neck, but He survived, and then he surrendered. 51 cops last year, coast to coast, killed, shot, killed. Now, what are you getting at, Dan? Let me just tell you what's going on here, folks. If you weren't with us yesterday at the last 15 minutes of the show, I told you exactly where this needs to go and needs to go quickly. And here's why. The fundamental responsibility of someone who runs for office, any office, it it makes no difference. And I mean that. If they're running to be elected to be a uh, financial officer for the city, these people all in. I don't care if they're accountants or what. If you're elected, you're going to swear an oath to the office and the people that you represent when you get in that office. And that oath in almost every case, includes to protect, 
to the best of your ability, those who elected you and who you'll be serving. It goes all the way up the stream, all the way up to the White House. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, every U.S. senator, every member of the House of Representatives, obviously anybody in the Department of Justice, and that includes every branch, the Department of the CIA, our 17 intelligence agencies, that number we know about, even all our military, all those leaders, they take that oath. And folks, this mess that happened in Houston, that happened in Michigan, that happened in New York, in the Bronx, everyone out, oh, and by the way, Chicago, every day, every night, hundreds of shootings, tragic murders and slaughters every week in Chicago. Every bit of this lies at the feet of those in authority that refuse to hold the instigators, the ones that are doing these crimes, refuse to hold them accountable. And you've got George Soros. Folks, let me tell you, it is factual. He doesn't even try to hide it. He's giving hundreds of millions of dollars across this nation to put people in places of power. His last objective, and he did it in a two-year period, was to back these far-left district attorneys running for office, especially in major cities. I mean, we can name them. And you can, you know yourself, if you just look at the landscape and listen to the horrible criminal stories that are coming out of big cities, big cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, even little St. Louis, Missouri, Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, Detroit, Atlanta. The district attorneys in these places, folks, all win elections. What does it take to win an election? A lot of money. A lot of money. Soros finds a candidate that agrees with him. Back away from enforcing law. Back away from what the laws say you have to do and what you can't do. Just back away and give the people that break the law, give them a break. So what happens then? In more than half of the cases, in the environment in which we live today, more than half of the cases when a violent crime is offended and these stupid bail reform things, bail reform, what the heck is that all about? You either... You get bail or you don't, period. But bail reforms pretty much means they let you out without any kind of commitment. You don't have to post a bond. You don't have to bail yourself out. Half of those people repeat offenses or they do even worse things when they're let out on the streets. In what world... Does any thinking human being believe when you don't hold someone accountable for the wrong they do, they're going to do it again and again and again with impunity because there's no penalty. There's no consequences. I don't care what anybody on the left tells you. If you make some criminal responsible for the consequences of their actions, In other words, if they shoot somebody, you go to jail. 
period. If you don't hold them accountable for that, they're going to do it again, but it gets even worse. Other criminals around see that. Hey, 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 you know, we used to be real cautious about robbing stores and holding up people and even banks. We didn't want to go to jail. But now guess what? You can shoot a cop. You can even kill somebody. And there's a good shot you won't even see the inside of a jail. And then, if you don't want to go to trial, leave. Just run away and hide. You may be caught eventually, but look at all you can do until you get caught. What can change that? Well, it's starting in New York City. 2021 was the deadliest year for law enforcement officers in U.S. history, period. And so in the wake of two more New York City cops getting murdered, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's in the Congress. She's from New York City. There's a Republican challenger up there, Desi Cuellar, who is calling for the death penalty for every convicted cop killer. Now, you think that's just a political ploy? I don't think it is. I think Cuellar really, really intends to do that. What breaks my heart, he said, is that officers like Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora are heroes. Everybody says that. Nobody has a problem saying that. But it's a shame that our brave men and women who risk their lives every day to protect us have to die before we look at them or refer to them as heroes. Thousands of civilians and uniformed officers were in attendance at Rivero's Wake at St. Patrick Cathedral in Manhattan on Thursday, coming from as far away as Virginia, Canada, Massachusetts, and even overseas to pay their respects to the young officer's family. His buddy, Officer Mora, who succumbed to his injuries on Tuesday after battling for days in critical condition and is an organ donor, and it is said his selfless act will save the lives of five individuals. Think about that. That's a real hero. Cuellar is a National Guardsman of Cuban descent whose family fled the communist Castro regime. His announcement came directly after a rally he attended on Wednesday outside the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, the new far-left Soros district attorney in New York that doesn't even believe in bail. And the worst on his watch, he's going to prosecute you if you murder someone. The very worst you're going to get is life in prison, and you may not even get that. The blood of these officers is on the hands of these spineless politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or anybody on city council or even the mayor right now, unless he does something about it. That's Cuellar, the candidate for AOC's seat. And he's talking about the brand new mayor of New York, Eric Adams, who's a Democrat who so far appears to offer only lip service amid soaring violent crime in this city. And he's a cop. He's a lifer. And he promised when he campaigned, I'm going to stop the crime in the Big Apple. 
Nobody in politics on the left cares about holding back the criminals. All they care about now is holding back the police. So where does all of this come from? What is the source? I got to be totally honest with you. I think divisiveness, division, is the fundamental foundation of it all. That's where it begins. But where it really gets legs is in enforcement. So where does enforcement come from? Well, who's in charge? How many times have you heard President Biden tell us the buck stops here with him? I'm the guy. I'm the one that's over everything. So if you got a problem, come to me. So Mr. President, I'm coming to you right now. Here we go. I'm here. I'm pointing my finger at you and saying the fact that in your administration, on your watch, lawlessness has just flooded our nation. And on your watch, you have opened the door for every criminal to point to the White House and say, I can do this. I'm going to get away with it. Why? Because the president is suborning perjury every day, ignoring federal laws from top to bottom in the Constitution, and he's torn it up. He doesn't even care. This president cannot look at an American in the face and honestly say, I am fulfilling the oath of office that I took to the American people because he's not. And so the last 15 minutes of the show yesterday, I I told everybody at the front end what I was, I didn't say what I was going to do. I said, hang around because the last 15 minutes, I'm going to blow some people's minds. I call for some impeachments. And folks, from my toes, I mean it. And it's based on, guess what? The law. There's a process in place, formally in place, that provides on the manner and the necessity and the structure of impeaching a person in office, in federal office. And what is that? It goes first to the House of Representatives. And they have hearings. They bring people in. And they determine if there is enough basis to prove that that person has performed, created, done impeachable offenses. Then they write articles of impeachment that include the charges against that person or these persons in my case. If the House of Representatives passes those articles of impeachment or that article, if there's only one, it goes across to the U.S. Senate. The U.S. Senate determines whether to take it up because that's the courtroom for impeachment. That's where it happens for every elected and appointed federal official. The Senate, if they determine to try that person, then you actually have a trial, at which time the people appointed by the House of Representatives to come over to the Senate and be the prosecutors, they present evidence to justify those articles of impeachment. At the end of it, the Senate votes, and if the Senate votes 
to remove that person, that person is removed from the office that they hold. That's the process. So on what basis, Dan? Now, uh, let me just tell you this. I gave, we ran out of time. I gave three people. I gave them the I word yesterday that need to be impeached. Of course, at the top is Joe Biden, FBI Director Christopher Wray for his actions and inactions in enforcing United States laws domestically. And the third was Homeland Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for what he is not only allowing to happen at the southern border, but he is the instigator and is doing everything within his power to hide it from you and me. There's a fourth that I didn't get around to. That would be the Attorney General Merrick Garland. Why should we impeach him? You tell me. Look at what he's allowing to happen every day. Folks, all of these people are just opening the spigot to illegality wider and wider every morning when they get up. And I think in some really mental, mental, I I can't even explain what a mindset would be that would justify doing this, but I think they enjoy this. I think doing that, which is basically all the way down at the bottom, it's thumbing their noses at law. The laws of the land, the rule of law, the United States Constitution that demands that officers of the court and officers in federal government not only support the laws of the Constitution in the land, laws that are constitutionally passed by the United States House of Representatives in the Senate, then signed into law. Not only that, but they've got to make sure that everybody on their watch enforces those laws that they're over the enforcement of. Merrick Garland, Attorney General. Christopher Ray, FBI Director. Alejandro Marcus, uh, Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary, and Joe Biden, all of them are suborning perjury. Not perjury, criminality. Felony, criminality, and they're doing nothing about it, and they're doing nothing about it is the exact purpose for impeachment. And so every American that hears me say this, they may agree with me. But then I hear this, there's nothing we can do about it, Dan. There's nothing we can do about it. Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. She's not going to allow impeachment of anybody to even be taken up on the floor of the House. That's probably right. At least right now. Chuck Schumer, the majority leader in the Senate, he would never let any articles of impeachment come over from the House of Representatives and allow those articles to even be reached to go to the floor for discussion in the Senate. That's probably right. But you know where the power in this company, in this country, has always been vested? Not in a president. Not in an FBI director. Certainly not in a Homeland Security Secretary's hands. Or the Speaker of the House or the majority director in the Senate. 
in the people. The people. Whether or not you agree, factually, the people of the United States still have power. What kind of power do we have in this instance? Well, all those people that we just mentioned, with the exception of Homeland Security Director, FBI Director, and Attorney General, are elected. You have, in your state, you have two United States Senators. And you have a bunch of representatives in the U.S. House of Representatives. You have somebody over your district that you live in. If Americans get serious enough about this and they understand we have the power to institute actions, we can't make them do it. But folks, I promise you, listen to me. If a hundred people would go, not at one time, but one at a time, and very amicably, but seriously, get in the faces of your member of the United States House of Representatives and demand that they take action to stop the lawlessness from the White House on down, if every one of us would do that, something would happen. They know if they want to continue serving in the United States House of Representatives in the U.S. Senate, who totally controls who gets impeached and if they get re- ever get removed from office. If they want to repeat, keep that job, they got to listen to the people that elect them. That's you and me. How do you get something like that started? All you got to do, folks, you know people that are like-minded. You know people that you may interact with. They may not be your friends, but you know a lot of people that are like-minded. I can't tell you how much power 20 people have when they get together and get on the same page. And the purpose is singular. Let's get a change underway to stop this criminality. How many people have to be murdered by people who are in this country illegally? How many is enough for you? How many people have to die? How many little girls, what's the number that you're okay with being raped by criminals? What about your little girl? What about your granddaughters? Your grandsons? When's enough enough for you? What's the number? Give us the number and we'll count. We'll keep up with the number for you and we'll tell you when we get there. But probably, if you're honest, We're past the number that you think is okay. So why are you letting it continue? What have you done? You haven't done anything? Why haven't you done anything? Don't you think it's time? How many of you have written a letter to your member of the House? How many have called your governor's office? I'm not talking down to anybody. I do some of this, but in truthfulness, I don't do enough of it. If we don't let them know when we disagree with what they do and what they don't do, they're going to just think benignly, well, it's okay with everybody. It's okay. 
And why do we always think that we have to wait till campaign time for the next election before we do anything? When we do that, they think, oh, it's just about the election. I'll get on the other side of this and they'll go away. You know why they think that? Because if we ever say anything, that's what we do. After the election, we go away. Joe Biden needs to be impeached. Gross impeachable offenses. When I say gross, folks, I mean in number. A gross is 144 of anything. I promise you there are more than 144 actions that this guy has done or not done that are impeachable. Read the Constitution. Go take a gander for yourself. Is it Article 1 or 2? I think it's two. It may be one. It, nevertheless, and the same thing holds true true for Alejandro Mayorkas, Christopher Ray, Merrick Garland, the AG. Merrick Garland was even nominated to be United States Supreme Court Justice. And folks, he is literally an empty suit. Mayorkas He is out in front with all of his disdain for the rule of law regarding federal immigration laws. I I get it. I get it. There are immigration laws that I don't like either. But you know what we do when we don't like laws? Exactly opposite of what they're doing, which is just let people continue to break the law. And not only that, support them financially. Give them an open door. Just let them run over the American citizens that work their butts off to pay for these guys. Let in these guys. They're all involved in it. The attorney general could stop it. The FBI director could stop it. The president of the United States could stop it. They won't. They don't. And I don't care. I think I know why, and I'm pretty sure you do too, why they're doing this and allowing it. We don't have to get into the, oh, it's because they're so oppressed and they just need a place to go to start over again. Yeah, we want that. Do you know that in legal migration across the globe, in every one of the 190, 200 countries, whatever it is, it changes every few days. New countries start and they fold. But it's between 190 and 200. Every one of those countries. They all face immigration issues, and every country has a process for legal immigration, people to come into their countries legally, every one of them. We have one. I know that may shock you because nowadays you don't need to have the legal route. You just come. That's what Joe Biden tells you. Hey, 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 the gate's open down south. Y'all come down. The laws, if they're wrong, if they need to be deleted, if they need to be replaced, we have a process to do it. It's called the legislative process, those people who make those laws. Novel idea, that member of the House, the member of the Senate, I told you get on the phone and call. They're the ones that make the laws. They are the only ones that can legally change the laws. Joe Biden has no right no legal right whatsoever to allow what's going on at our southern border. In fact, what he's doing by legal definition 
is illegal himself, and it's a felony. Every illegal immigrant that is allowed in this country on his watch with his permission, which that's what it is, it's it's a felony. How many felonies does it take for a president of the United States to be removed, to stop him from doing that? Do you think I'm crazy, folks? I'm not. And it is time, if we don't take control of this law-breaking process and force accountability that each and every accountability thing we want to happen, it's already in the laws. States, cities, municipalities, counties, parishes, and the federal government. It's all already there. And every one of these people I mentioned and every other elected official, they swear an oath to abide by those laws. And they're not. They're not. If we don't hold criminals accountable for their illegalities, it will never stop. It will never slow down. No amount of money Joe Biden throws at law enforcement around the nation is going to stop any of it. You know why? Criminals have all the money they want, and if they don't have enough, they just go get it. They don't need to do it legally. The criminal mind is this, the best way to get it, the easiest way to get it, the quickest way to get it, I'm just going to get it. I've had enough. I've had enough. And where I live, we have a lot of crime here. Comparatively, in gross numbers, you wouldn't think so. And probably isn't so. But when you look at the population here, it's a lot. And none of it is good. And, I mean, we could sit here all day and just go into numbers and statistics and all. We don't need to do that, folks. Enforce the law. If you're not going to enforce the law, if you're not going to see to it that those people that work directly for you, who are some of voted into office by the American people, but they answer to you, and you don't make them abide by the laws, in fact, you encourage them to not enforce laws, step aside or you're going to be removed. It's as simple as that, folks. I'm Papa John, pizza maker. The quality of every ingredient is important to me. Like the sweet, juicy pineapple and pulled ham hock that refreshes a pizza classic. Introducing our new premium Hawaiian, another Papa John's original. Like all our pizzas, it comes with Papa's quality guarantee. Try something new with a third off your order. Better ingredients. Better pizza, Papa John's. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly. We make-
may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, buy two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Price of participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. You know, I, I, I was going to apologize when we came back from the break, but I'm not going to apologize, folks. Yeah, I get emotional, but I get emotional about things that are so egregious, so damaging to people, and so unnecessarily happening every day around us. There's no way that we'll ever get guns off the street. If they just became overnight and admitted, they being our federal government, that they really are an authoritarian government and there's one guy in charge, like in Russia with Putin or back in the days of World War II and right before Adolf Hitler in Germany. Do you realize that every time you hear one of the far leftist, not moderate Democrats, because moderate Democrats, they pretty much keep their mouths shut about this, but a leftist Democrat point at Donald Trump and call him an authoritarian? Do you know what the definition of authoritarian is? It's that when one guy ignores every other law, uh, rule, everything, and just does what they want to do and make people do what they want to do and leads the government in total disregard for what is supposed to happen based upon a constitution and a whole slate of laws and just does it anyway. Joe Biden is an authoritarian leader. I'm telling you, how do you define it if you don't include that? So I'm just saying this. We got to stop this. We have to do something, and there are ways to do it. Waking up and paying attention is the first thing that we can do. Now, what I want you to do, I want you to turn your sound up a little bit because what I'm about to play you, you're going to have to listen closely. It's it's It was recorded just outside of an airport terminal in White Plains, New York. Middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning. A 737 flies in. And if you don't know about White Plains, it's it's a little bit north of Manhattan. And it's a, a small airport. It's not a commercial airport per se. But it's where a lot of private jets fly. 
And the reason that a lot of jets fly there is because of the privacy. You don't get seen or talked about or heard. Not a lot of people know about, especially at 2 o'clock in the morning, flying in the White Plains, New York. 737 flies in. 737 holds 250 people. It's a private chartered jet. You and I paid for the jet. And it came from somewhere down around the southern border. I don't know Brownsville. That's usually the place where they start because it's got a big airport. So in the middle of the night, it's about three and a half hours from Brownsville in the air before 737 to get to White Plains, New York. So they left about 11 o'clock. Fly into White Plains, New York and unload a buttload. I didn't say busload. It's a buttload of illegal immigrants that the Biden administration Alejandro Mayorkas, DHS secretary, put on this plane to fly up to White Plains. They're all illegals, middle of the night, suburbs of Manhattan, and they get off this plane, get on buses. Where are they going? Listen closely. See if you can hear what's going on. That's somebody asking questions from the pilot trying to get an answer about what's going on. Here's Congress Congressman Tenney that weighs into this. Again, listen closely. Betraying the American people. Shocking footage reveals a DHS contractor working that airplane, venting his frustrations as the Biden administration relocates plane loads of illegal migrants in the dead of night after airports are closed. Those flights arriving after the curfew, which is a breach of security protocols. Here to react, we've got New York GOP Congressman Nicole Maliotakis and Claudia Tenney. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, Congresswoman uh, Tenney, in the body cam video, you know, there's this this local police officer, and he's just going, you know, a plane flies in in the middle of the night after the airport's closed. I, I don't have any idea who's on the plane or who you people are. And essentially, he said, uh, at one point, the guy said, why the secrecy? You know why. This is the contractor. You know why. Look who's in office. That's why. Come on. So I guess elections have consequences. This is how Joe Biden handles migrants. Yeah, this is a complete aggravated dereliction of duty, which is why last night on Twitter I called for Joe Biden to be impeached and removed. His primary obligation as the commander in chief and the president of the United States is to enforce our laws, to live up to his oath, uh, to enforce our border security, and also to tell the truth to the American people. This footage was unearthed by a FOIL request from former Westchester uh, County Executive Rob Astorino, and where is the current uh, County Executive, uh, Executive Latimer, not doing anything about the fact that these migrants are coming in at the taxpayer's expense, not being vetted as far as we know. And uh, when I visited the border back in March, I saw young children and all kinds of people being boarded on the planes, being shipped around the country at the taxpayer's expense. And our DFAS, our Defense Finance and Accounting Service employees, were asked to take leave, paid leave by the taxpayers 
to foster these children because we don't have the resource and adults, by the way, there were adults coming off these planes uh, to foster these people and to pay for these people to be relocated in central and upstate New York. Unbelievable. Congresswoman Meliotakis. Look, aiding and abetting illegal immigration is a violation of the law, and you have it coming from the president of the United States. It's completely unacceptable. The Supreme Court ruled that he had to reinstate remain in Mexico. He has clearly not done that. Uh, In addition to that, you know that the drug cartels are making billions and billions of dollars every month human trafficking, drug trafficking. We have the highest rate of fentanyl deaths in this country among 18 to 45-year-olds. It's a leading cause of death. And yet this president is on the side of the drug cartels and not the American people. We have many pieces of legislation that will address this very issue, but we need to take back the House first. Well, you know, uh, Joe Biden's got a problem with the border. He's also got a terrible problem with crime here in New York City. The mayor is going to meet with the president next week. In the meantime, the news yesterday was six uh, congressional members, all Republicans, wrote a letter to the governor, Kathy Hochul, here in New York, talking about how the mayor, Eric Adams, is trying to do something about bail reform. You guys wrote a letter and you support, you know, him doing something about it. Hope she does as well. Claudia Tenney, uh, do you have confidence the governor is on your side regarding crime? No, the governor has already stated she will not work with the legislature to reform our criminal justice laws, including bail reform, including raise the age and all the mental health issues that our police officers face every day that make it impossible to keep our our neighborhoods and our communities safe. Uh, I also penned a letter uh, to uh, ask Governor Kochel to remove Alvin Bragg, the new district attorney in New York City, for his blatant refusal to uphold New York law. And uh, these these things, she's also saying she'll take it under advisement. But at this point, the, uh, our communities are unsafe. And even in upstate New York, uh, Nicole is in New York City, but even in upstate New York, because these policies are statewide, it's affecting rural and suburban communities Absolutely. all across New York and in some parts of the country where they're also uh, enacting these terrible laws. And it sounds like the governor is going to meet with Mr. Bragg tomorrow. Meanwhile, um, Congresswoman Meliotakis, I was reading in the New York Post today, they've got an exclusive. It talks about your district. You're in New York. Apparently, Democrats are trying to, they're going to gerrymander. They're going to redraw your district so you lose. Well, you know, this is a a desperate attempt to tilt the scale. Uh, We saw what they did in Washington, right? They tried three times to change our election laws to tilt the scale. They, They even proposed to pack the court. They are now trying to gerrymander these districts. This is about trying to dilute the voice of the people of Staten Island. We will continue to fight for this district. We will continue to fight for this country. And those who want to help me in this battle, NicoleForNY.com, we need your help because this is a seat we flipped, and it's a seat we must hold on to to take back the House of Representatives. Well, if you didn't learn anything else by listening to those members of the House of Representatives and Steve Ducey from Fox News, you didn't learn anything else but this. It was good. Dan Newman's not stupid. I'm not on an island. I'm not out here by myself. This is just getting out of hand. And finally, more and more people have awakened and are standing up for it. We need to do the same things. No, we don't have the same power. But what we can do, if we get together with our voices, I promise you, we've seen it throughout history in our nation. When the people rise up, our government will do something about those things if enough people with enough fervency 
And with enough sticking power, we can make change happen. I don't think our moms and dads, our wives and our husbands want to wait till the midterms in November. And even when that election happens, as we really saw it rubbed in our faces after the presidential election in 2020, between November, the first week of November election day, to January 20th inauguration day, stuff still happens. Bad stuff still happens. In fact, whoever's in office, typically they double and triple down on the stupid stuff they were doing before the election. Regardless of the results or consequences, then they don't care because they're leaving office, right? We just have to get on top of this. Now, not a singular topic for the day. Let's segue to something else. (laughs) How about that? We have some other really serious things we need to get into. Do you know the name Brianna Keeler? Brianna Keeler. She's a voice at CNN. And folks, all 350 of her viewers really like her. And I'm being facetious, of course. They have very few people that are watching CNN. And uh, I can give you all kinds of numbers that will blow your mind. How AT&T, who owns CNN, continues to let them bleed the dollars that they're bleeding. Because everybody that appears on these nighttime talk shows on CNN and a couple of their anchors during the day, they're all seven-figure people. In other words, they all make a million dollars up. How AT&T would allow that to happen, and they're not making money. They're losing, oh, millions on CNN. It has to be for political partisanship and political narrative. That's the only way you can think about it. Brianna Keeler stepped out this week, and she stepped out in COVID land. And I mean, she went toe-to-toe with everybody in the nation who has any question about the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. It doesn't matter that we don't know what's in them. It doesn't matter that we now know they're not vaccines by the traditional definition of the term vaccine. They're manipulated whatevers. There's medicine there, but it's manipulated mechanically to alter it. We don't know what's being done. We have no idea what it was before it was manipulated and don't know what it is after it's been manipulated. But we do know there's a lot of unintended stuff that is happening. I think it's unintended in a lot of people. And our story today at truthnewsnet.org goes into some of that detail, but Back to CNN. Brianna Keeler. I'm going to give her a few minutes here. I want you to listen to her tell you about, if you disagree with the efficacy, the necessity of vaccinations, what kind of person you are. And oh, by the way, she takes a shot at Fox News. This is really fun. Here's Brianna Keeler. Yes, we are tired of the pandemic with all of the divisiveness over COVID. That may be the one sentiment that people can actually agree on. But one commentator spurred a controversy by characterizing that fatigue like this. We were told you get the vaccine, you get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And we haven't gotten back to normal. This is going to be remembered 
by the younger generation as a catastrophic moral crime. It's a pandemic of bureaucracy. It's not, yeah, well, it's not real anymore. I'm done with COVID. Oh, I'm see. done. Sure would be nice if COVID were done with us too. Done with hospitals, done with the doctors and the nurses who are stretched to their breaking points in many cases. We are not though done, we're not back to normal. And that is because so many people are still actively choosing not to be vaccinated. So I get her outrage. I'm not sure I get the direction of it when clowns like this are given platforms to sell their disinformation to millions. We're at a very dangerous moment, Tucker, and, you know, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I think this is probably the most important appearance I've had with you in the last two years. Um, it, is, it is completely clear now that uh, the vaccines don't really work at all against Omicron. Um, in, in, in these highly vaccinated and highly boosted countries, uh, rates of infection are incredibly high and rates of serious disease and death are also rising. The mRNA COVID vaccines need to be withdrawn from the market now. No one should get them. No one should get boosted. No one should get double boosted. They are a dangerous and ineffective product at this point against Omicron. You know what's dangerous? That guy. Twitter yanked him entirely because he lies about COVID. He's lying there about the vaccine and the protection that it provides. But Fox, Fox has had this mad non-scientist on all pandemic. Here are some real stats about the vaccine. All of these easily accessible to anyone who actually wants to know the truth. Listen. According to the NIH, unvaccinated people are 20 times likelier to die of COVID than vaccinated people, uh, un than unvaccinated people who catch COVID. Pardon me. Unvaccinated, 20 times more likely to die than vaccinated folks who catch COVID. They're 17 times likelier to be hospitalized, 10 times likelier to be infected. And then just to put the hospitalization rate in stark contrast here, the red line there, that represents unvaccinated people filling hospitals last year due to COVID. The orange line there on the bottom, the pretty straight line, vaccinated. The vaccine not only works, it's keeping people alive. And it has really created two distinct paths in this pandemic. The take your life into your own hands, dramatically increase your odds of still being there for your spouse, your kids, your parents, your grandkids. And then the other path, the roll the dice that maybe you won't be there to be in the family photo next to your path. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, nearly 100,000 people who chose that second path died unnecessarily between July and October last year. They were not vaccinated. Think of all the people who loved them at Thanksgiving dinner, gathering for the holidays without them. Before that, back in September, CNN took a snapshot of the pandemic in red and blue states. The 12 states with the highest case rate for every 100,000 people were run by Republican governors. The 13 states with the highest hospitalization rate for every 100,000 people run by Republican governors. The 15 states with the highest percentage of deaths for every 100,000 people run by Republican governors. Red states, which make up a significant portion of Fox viewers. The network spent the past 24 hours up in arms over the Biden administration's decision to restrict the use of two monoclonal antibody treatments, treatments that are proven not to work. I got to stop right there. Uh, you, you heard her spew all those stats. And the last one before I stopped her was the uh, monoclonal antibodies. 
all of the statistics that she gave, if you watched that video that we pulled this off of, her report on CNN, down in the bottom, it shows the source of those statistics. Guess what? The source was not the Centers for Disease Control. The source was not the FDA, Federal Drug Administration. It wasn't the National Institutes of Health. It was the name of a person. All those statistics that CNN got right there, and they aired those. Brianna Keeler aired those in her monologue night before last. Her source is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, the most reliable COVID czar in the world. Everything he has ever said, it's, it, it's like it came out of the Bible. The last thing, the monoclonal antibodies, we here last week, we gave you a complete story with all of the statistics from the CDC about the efficacy and what monoclonal antibodies have done for millions of people, not just here in the United States, but around the world. Brianna Keeler sitting there. You know, the sad thing about it is, I think she believes the information she's giving us is factual. Want to let her finish? Ah, why not? Against the Omicron variant, according to the FDA, none of that coverage or coverage at Fox Entertainment, of course, is aimed at the real and most urgent issue, which is people not getting the protection of the vaccine. Also strange that anti-vaxxers are just fine with getting COVID treatments, amazing miracles of science, once they get COVID and they are staring down the odds, but they don't want the vaccine, also a miracle of science. And again, the daily double question is, why is Rupert Murdoch, who was one of the first to get vaccinated, allowing this anti-science BS on the air? Because it is killing people. But you know, ratings, and that is the ultimate moral crime. Let me answer a question about Rupert Murdoch there. He, um, he owns, he's a mega billionaire. Uh, he's from the UK. He owns all kinds of things. And the reason he got vaccinated and the reason he allows people to or in, it, it, be on the air talking about it, because quite honestly, if, if you go in the Fox building in New York City, you've got to be vaccinated. All those people you see on the air, they've all been vaccinated. It's no big deal. They were required and they decided that to keep their jobs, it was going to be okay to be vaccinated. And you think about it, Sean Hannity, I like Sean a lot. Tucker Carlson, I like him a lot. Let me let me just put this out there. Have you wondered why when you see Tucker now live, you don't see him in Fox Studio live? And he does his show on Fox Nation. He has that new studio. It looks like a barn inside. That's at his house. Why do you think Tucker's doing that? I don't know this, but I think it's probably because he's unvaccinated. Just saying. Back to Rupert Murdoch. Why does he allow this? Novel idea. Hey, let's do the constitutional thing. Well, what's that, Dan? Individuals have a right. And by the way, it's a federal law right. We have the right to determine 
what procedures are going to be given and done to us and anything to do with our own personal bodies. And for parents, that includes their kids. Now, under this bureaucratic system of COVID-19 top-down, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, hospitals are telling patients, you have no right to tell us you don't want a medication or that you want another medication that is not part of our quote-unquote protocol. That's the magic term they're all using. Every hospital in the nation that accepts and treats patients under Medicare and Medicaid, a federal program, both of them, Medicaid is a combination of federal and state, but they're still funded by the government in part. Those protocols for COVID-19, they came from the government. They came from the CMS, which is the Bureau of the Federal Government that supervises Medicare and Medicaid. CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. They wrote the protocols. Ship them down to these hospitals in your town. Right here in my town. I've been in the healthcare industry for 28 years. I deal with all of it. ICD-10 used to be ICD-9 coding for every medical procedure, every medication there is. I've, I've dealt with all of that for 28 years. I understand it. But you used to could talk to your doctor who was treating you, you know, the, that person that knows you, your body, your health better than anybody, especially better than anybody in an emergency room if you walk in. You could talk to your doctor and lots of times, for instance, I had a minor heart attack in 2015. I think that probably surprises you because I'm not a, I don't get upset about it. <laughs> and, and my doctor, who has become a really close friend of mine, um, he went through the protocol for if you have a mild heart attack. If you're a 6'1 guy and you're about 30 pounds overweight, here's what you got to do. You know, I don't have a blood pressure problem, but, you know, I have a, uh, I have this and I have that and we need to get your levels down and all that kind of stuff. And then after you get started on that and you're uncomfortable with the results of some of that, you can talk to your family doctor and says, okay, let's try it. You in a hospital and you may not think you have COVID when you go, but you, you go there and man, I'm just not feeling good or whatever. And they test you, you know, those very reliable PCR tests that we're now finding are inaccurate at least half the time. They take a test. You don't get to look at the test, but they take a test and come in and say, you tested positive for COVID. Bam. When that happens, you go into their protocol. You have no say so about any treatment. We've given you instance after instance where family members have taken people to court, hospitals, taken hospitals to court for emergency action to be taken because hospitals refuse to give, per the family's request, medical treatment that's outside of the protocol. We've told you about at least a dozen, specifically with people's names, hospitals' names, doctors' names, even the judges' names where the judges in most of those cases have said, you got to do what the family wants to do. It's an emergency thing. And all but one of the cases we've told you, the patient, when they get the other stuff, and in every case it's either been hydroxychloroquine, 
ivermectin or monoclonal antibodies. They've worked, and in the worst case was a man in Chicago, the absolute worst case. The hospital gave him up to die. His daughter, who was from Asia, came over. When she got to town, She said, they told her, nothing we can do. Well, she had done her research, and she wanted her dad to be treated with ivermectin. What's to lose? I mean, heck, they've given up on him. They're not going to do anything for him now. They're going to wait for him to die. They're going to keep him on a ventilator, keep him alive as long as they can because they get paid a lot by the federal government every day. And that's another story. My point is, regarding your health, you have the right to make those decisions for yourself. If you're ruled mentally incapable of doing that, it falls to your family members. Healthcare has gone berserk. It's nothing. It doesn't look anything today like it did three years ago. I promise you. Politics, money has taken over every area of that. And then you hear this Brianna Kelly. You know what she, the, the blanket thing that she said about monoclonal antibodies, they absolutely don't work. We ran a story two weeks ago here and we broke it down how it works and how effective it is. And also, nobody, Dr. Fauci, Pfizer, none of them have done any laboratory research on monoclonal antibodies. Yet they tell us, although people get up and walk away, they get healed very quickly in some cases. Other cases, it stops them from getting critical. Those are facts that are out there that we see and know, especially those people in the hospitals that are treating these patients They don't want to talk about those people, and they give us, as absolute facts, false information that is unverified in a traditional way, which healthcare professionals for 100 years long and longer than that have used to determine what medication, what treatment to use on patients of certain particular kinds of medical problems. Ignore that. But it sounds politically correct for somebody at CNN to blast Tucker Carlson and somebody else who happens, who dares to disagree with the Anthony Fauci storyline. Because if Fauci says it, ho, 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 that's like God talking to you, isn't it? When it comes to health care, he's never been wrong, not even once. (laughs) Certainly not once, probably 30 or 40 times in what he's told us through two years, you got to do, absolutely. Or you don't dare do this. And he's been wrong 180 degrees and 30 or 40 different times. And we've brought you factual information. We're not CNN, of course. So what the heck do we know? What do we have coming up? I got to get back to this Supreme Court stuff. I've never seen anything like this. We, in my lifetime, I've seen a bunch of justices die, several retire and be replaced. I've watched the nomination process and the confirmation hearings and all. I've never seen anything like this, and we haven't even started. And there's some funny stuff going on out there. That may surprise you. It may not. We're going to dig into that next. And we have even more. You don't want to leave the show today, folks. It's getting good. 
the economic news that everybody at the White House was bragging about, clapping their hands and screaming about, the GDP up 6.9%. Well, guess what we did? We dug in and got the facts of all that. So you want to hang around. It's just getting good here. Back after this. We are the college at the forefront of innovative education. We are outstanding faculty teaching in cutting-edge classrooms and facilities. We are students learning powerful skills for tomorrow's workforce. And together, we are Triton. Register today. Welcome to Burger King. Can I take your order, please? I'm here for the most wanted. Sorry, sir. Can you repeat that? The gang known as the Western Whopper. Ah, you mean our new Texas barbecue beef bacon and sweet Carolina Whoppers, right? Yes, I need them now. Try the new Texas barbecue beef bacon or our tasty honey mustard sauce on our sweet Carolina Whoppers at your nearest BK today. Burger King, have it your way. And now, Mr. Robert Goulet reads from The Writings of Bart, the collected after-school blackboard writings of young Bart Simpson. Mr. Goulet. I will not trade pants with others. I will not do that thing with my tongue. I will not Xerox my butt. A burp is not an answer. I will not pledge allegiance to Bart. I will not eat things for money. I will not bring sheep to class. I will not instigate revolution. My name is not Dr. Death. To experience all of Bart's blackboard writings, watch every classic episode of The Simpsons. I will not call the principal Spudhead. The Simpsons, now five times a week. Need more cowbell? Better yet, how about the ring of truth? TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. The ring of truth. I kind of like that phrase, the ring of truth. Sounds like it's a bell. It rings truthfully. The Liberty Bell. We could just go all day there. So what about this stepping down by Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer? He's been around for a long time, folks. He's a moderate. He's a true moderate. You know, I don't think they make any of those anymore. When you go to go to Congress, you go to a court to become a judge, federal at any level. Um, you go to the U.S. Congress. You don't ever walk the middle anymore. There aren't many of those folks hanging around. Well, Joe Biden's going to fix it in the Supreme Court. He made it very clear. He's going to He's going to confirm what he promised to do when he ran for president. What was that regarding the court? He said he would make a racist nomination. What do you mean, Dan, a racist nomination? Yeah, I mean, this is the United States of America. Our federal government, by law, by constitutional ruling in the Supreme Court again and again and again. You can't pick and choose based on skin color, ethnicity, nation of origin, religion. You just can't do that. You can't do it. You've got to pick somebody just because of their capabilities for whatever you're going to put them in, whatever job is. 
Biden, well, of course, he's above all of that. He doesn't have to abide by that. I'm going to keep my campaign promise. People voted for me because I said I, if there was an opening on the U.S. Supreme Court, would nominate a black woman to replace whichever justice leaves the office. Define racism for me. (laughs) That's racism. Forget about the fact you need to go find the person in this country that is most qualified to replace Justice Breyer. And I'm not, I'm not saying it needs to be a hardcore conservative. I'm certainly not saying it needs to be a leftist Democrat. I'm not saying that at all. I don't care about their party affiliation. What I care about is their history, what they have shown to Americans To everybody, in their judicial history, it shows one thing and proves one thing about them and one thing only. They support the rule of law, as is written in the United States Constitution. Don't you agree that's the way it's supposed to be? So how does that fit into this context, Dan? It means it doesn't matter if it's female, doesn't matter if it's Asian, Puerto Rican, Afghani in origin, black, white, doesn't matter. Whoever is the most qualified should be the person to fill that role, any judge role, not just the Supreme Court, any of them, whoever's most qualified. So what did Joe do by making that announcement? And he doubled down on it yesterday at the White House when Justice Breyer went over to formally inform the president he is going to retire. And they spoke together for a few minutes. Biden told him again. His replacement is going to be a black woman. You know what's so sad about that? It's not that he's going to nominate a black woman. Whoever he nominates now there's a good, strong possibility, probability, that person will be not the best there is, but maybe the one that's the best that fits his criteria, which has nothing to do in this case with the rule of law. It has to do with their sex and their skin color, period. He just eliminated half the nation. Well, not half the total nation. I'm not qualified, of course. But half of the people that are qualified to even be considered, they're gone. Just because why? They're not black and they're not female. And folks, that is the epitome of racism. This from the President of the United States. The one who, when Donald Trump, Back two years ago, the end of January, you remember when it became apparent the COVID-19 virus came from China? He stopped all Chinese people coming out of China, coming to the United States. And you remember what everybody went on the left went nuts about? Oh, he's a racist. He's a xenophobe. There's no justice. There's no reason to do that. It's just because he hates those people. So why did Biden, why did he inform the world that he's going to nominate just a black woman? It's because he's racist. He hates white men. 
and using their definition, he hates black men too. You see how ridiculous it is? All this, uh, I don't even know what you call it, but this edification of a certain classification of people to give them total authority over the determination of what's right and what's wrong. And, by the way, what's wrong doesn't really matter. What's right doesn't really matter unless they say it's right and they say it's wrong. Self-appointed, most enlightened people on the globe. That's who's running our government today. So look around the landscape and listen to the experts that we always go to when we need facts about anything going on in government. You know, like The View. They got a, a little bit personal yesterday, The View did. Now listen to this. This is not about Joe Biden and his pick who it's going to be. They went nuts on two sitting Supreme Court justices, Clarence Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett from Louisiana. Think about that. Clarence Thomas, African-American. Amy Coney Barrett, female. She's white. That's a strike against her in their view. But the reason they went nuts on them is because they're both Republicans. They're a daytime gab fest, which is pretty much all you can call the view, open with a conversation about Supreme Court Justice Breyer's retirement, which has put a spotlight on Biden's promise to nominate a black woman. The panelists noted the lack of diversity on the high court today as it sits because there's no black person there. Well, there is. It's Clarence Thomas, but they say he's not a black guy because he's a Republican. He's a conservative. One doesn't really represent the black community, one of the women said talking about Clarence Thomas. Hostins. None of Hostin's fellow panelists asked a follow-up or asked her to elaborate on that jab at Justice Thomas. By the way, he was nominated by George H.W. Bush, Bush 41. He served on the court since 1991. Hostin isn't the only liberal pundit to dismiss Thomas's race in recent memory. Later in the show, Joy Behar said Thomas was to the right of Attila the Hun and was named to the court to go against voting rights, which is what he does. Now, I got to be honest with you. I, I try, in fact, I do. I always look at the leading decisions that come out of the Supreme Court, the ones that are really important about critical things, race being number one. I've never seen a single case come out of the court. I'm not saying absolutely there isn't one, but none that I've seen. And I think if justices voted against anything to do with voting rights, it would be top of the news story on the federal level. I've never seen anything like that. Behar, of course, says Clarence Thomas, he was named to the court to go against voting rights, which is exactly what he does, she said. MSNBC's Joy Reid called Clarence Thomas uncle Clarence, during an election day panel discussion with her colleagues that are also in her same class, Rachel Maddow and Nicole Wallace. And Representative Karen Bass out of California suggested he isn't an authentic African-American voice 
in an interview she did back in 2016. They weren't done yesterday. Behar said Amy Coney Barrett, who was appointed last year to fill the vacancy left by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, was likely put in there, her term, put in there because she's a white woman who will go against abortion rights. Behar said that was deliberate, I think. As she spoke, she put the word woman in air quotes to discuss the mother of seven. Now, listen to what I'm talking about. It came out in her confirmation hearings. I don't know if you know this. But Amy Coney Barrett has a family with seven kids. And so one of the kids is a Haitian child that she and her husband adopted. Racism and defamatory smears from the view. That's what Judicial Watch's Tom Fenton tweeted about their show yesterday. In other words, Joe Behar talking about racism, using Amy Coney Barrett as the flagship for her conversation, because, and Behar had said this previously, she didn't double down on it yesterday, probably because she got slapped down when the hearings were going on. She said it, that Amy Coney Barrett and her husband adopted that Haitian African-American child not for any other reason but to try to make themselves look like they were good people, even though they're conservatives. And I don't even know if they're conservatives. Behar seems to know because that's the only people she denigrates are conservatives. Everybody else is like Jesus and Jesus' 12 disciples. Experts in this thing, right? Tim Graham, I don't know if you know who he is. He said this, he tweeted this, this is dreadful. But please stop with this right of Attila the Hun garbage. This was lobbed at me back in college. More extreme than the square ravager of Europe is some imaginative baloney. Twitter world went crazy about what they did. But but you expect that. But it's not even just TV people. You know who Representative Jim Clyburn is? Democrat of South Carolina? He's the guy, folks. Jim Clyburn is the guy who got Joe Biden elected. Do you remember back when the primaries were underway, Biden was getting pilloried in the polls. Nobody wanted him to be the Democrat Party appointee nominee to run for the presidency. Nobody did. He went to South Carolina before their primary, and he sold his soul to Jim Clyburn. And I'll tell you in a minute what what the price was to get Clyburn to back him. But Jim Clyburn basically is the most powerful African-American man in the country that's not Barack Obama. O is still, without question, the most powerful African-American person here. Jim Clyburn, of course, he's in Congress, so he's got a little more weight right now. He got on the Biden boat, and that's what pushed Biden in the polls up significantly, kept going up, kept going up. And, of course, it wasn't what Biden was doing out on the campaign trail simply because Biden didn't go out on the campaign trail. He lived in the basement. Jill built him an Oval Office fake facade in the basement. That's probably the one they're still using now when we see him doing all these meetings, trying to trick us into believing he's in the Oval Office and the desk that he sits behind. It wouldn't even let my legs go underneath it. It's about three feet wide. But anyway, back to Jim Clyburn. 
shortly after the news broke about Breyer's retirement, reports surfaced that Jim Clyburn was pushing hard for Biden to select his desired pick for the court. So given that Clyburn may very well have saved Biden's candidacy against Bernie Sanders with his South Carolina endorsement during the primaries, his word could hold tremendous sway over who Biden picks. And so yesterday, speaking with the Washington Post, Representative Clyburn confirmed his endorsement came with the caveat, here we go, Clyburn's vote, hey, 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 my support, my power, it's totally dependent upon you promising me right now, back in the primaries last year, two years ago, back then, Mr. President, right now, I'll throw my support to you if you promise that if you get a chance to nominate anybody to the Supreme Court, it's got to be a black woman. Joe, of course, he's the Wheeler dealer. He'll sell any, he'll sell Jill for the right price. He agreed. Not a single time has a black woman ever been seriously considered. This is Clyburn. And so I took that issue up with then-candidate Joe Biden back in 2020. How many times have you heard it said that black women are the backbone of the Democrat Party? i got to be honest with you, Mr. Clyburn, I've never heard that. But that, that doesn't matter. He continued, well, you just can't say you've got to show it. I happen to have been born and raised in the past. Let me think about that. I think I was too. I think Joe was too. Born and raised in the past. What an intellectual, deep thing to say. (laughs) He said, and I believe it's their deeds that matter, not their words. And so President Biden made a commitment at the Charleston debate back in February, two years ago, and said that if I get the opportunity as president, I will appoint or nominate an African-American woman to serve on the court. So, of course, Clyburn saying that confirms what everybody else thought was for sure. Biden, hey, Representative Clyburn, back in 2020, I'm for sale. What do you need? What do you want? You get me the African-American vote. You get those people to come back. You know the ones that Barack and I let down in eight years when we promised them the moon? When we ran together, we told them we'd give them all kind of stuff. And they're mad at me because we didn't give them any of it. I got to have you. Jim, I got to have you. Biden made the pledge later in the debate, received Clyburn's endorsement the next day, which many believe catapulted Biden's struggling campaign to the front of the pack. Boy, what an achievement to be at the front of that pack. Do you remember who all he was running against? OMG. Yesterday, Biden said that while he has not decided on a Supreme Court pick, the person will be a black woman. The person I nominate to replace Justice Breyer will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And they will be the first black woman nominated to the United States Supreme Court. Clyburn also confirmed to the Post he's been strongly pushing Biden to select He even gave him one. Hey, what do you think about this? U.S. District Judge J. Michelle Childs. Now, as it relates to who, I don't have anything against the seven or eight names that I've been floated as possibilities. They're all great people, Clyburn said yesterday. 
Fact of the matter is, I've been discussing Michelle Childs with the president and his people now for, oh, I guess at least 13 months or so. Who is she? She's a federal judge. She's been around. We'll get into her qualifications if she does get the tip to go there. Folks, it's it's just automatic. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna nominate. I don't know if they'll get confirmed. Hopefully in the Senate, whoever gets confirmed will be the best qualified person to replace Justice Breyer. Conservatives need to just breathe easy. This is not going to change the Constitution politically of the court. It's going to be, Breyer was, he was a moderate, called a moderate, but he voted on pretty much all of the liberal leftist issues. He voted with the left in the court. So it's not going to, it's not going to flip it in any way. Of course, unless Joe makes a mistake and accidentally gets a closet conservative in there, (laughs) that would be, that would, can you imagine the uproar? It would make our ratings go up and up and up because forever people are going to be crying. He promised he would give us an African-American woman, but not just an African-American woman, a hard leftist. Well, he didn't say that, but you and I both know. That was going on. So yesterday, some of the the most brilliant people you can imagine got together to have a conversation about who he should pick. Who who should this be? Maisie Hirono. I love that name, Maisie Hirono. It fits well. Who is she? She's the um, senator, one of the two senators from Hawaii. And she's Hawaiian native. And she is somewhere to the left of Vladimir Putin. (laughs) That's not a compliment. Anyway, I want you to listen to this panel talk about who they think Joe Biden ought to nominate to replace Justice Breyer. And yet here we are. I'm curious, Senator, what you see in the confirmation clash ahead. What I'm looking for is a justice who can be fair and impartial and who does not have an ideological axe to grind, which is what we saw, uh, as far as I'm concerned, in uh, President Trump's nominees, including to the Supreme Court. So, yes, I am expecting a um, fight, but uh, there you have it. And I'm looking for someone who's going to be not only highly qualified, as all of the people that you already talked about are, but uh, who really brings to uh, the the uh, judiciary the kind of diversity uh, that I'd like that uh, uh, someone who will consider the, the impact the effects of whatever decision making is on people in our country so that they are not making decisions just based on which I would like them to base it on law which would be nice uh, and precedent and who are not eagerly trying to get rid of decades of precedent that would protect a woman's right to choose for example and voting rights etc but I'd like a, a justice who also will take into consideration the real life impact of the decisions he or she will be making did you get that Hirono made it very clear I would like for whoever he nominates, I would like them to promise and have a history of making their rulings based on law. But she didn't say this, but you could tell by the inflection what she really meant. But what I would really prefer is that person make those decisions based upon what's going on at the time, what's politically expedient for the Democrat Party at the time. 
Hirono is one of just, I don't know how many, but many, many people in the United States and a bunch of people in politics, they don't like for any justice to determine any kind of outcome on a case before the court based upon the written word in the United States Constitution. They don't like what is termed originalist. And the originalist in this Supreme Court number only those that are conservatives. Everybody else up there thinks the way they need to and every justice needs to determine the outcome of anything they consider based upon their opinions of what our founders would think about the issue before this court if they were sitting there. I'm not joking. They want to be able to change the actual written word in the United States Constitution and change it to whatever, whoever's in charge at the time in American history going forward, what they inferred that our founders really meant. In other words, this pick, whoever it's going to be, is not going to be an originalist. There'll be a conversation. Whoever he wants to nominate will have a conversation with Joe Biden before the nomination is ever announced. And I promise you, even though they will tell you, oh, we didn't talk about abortion. We didn't talk about any of this other stuff. We didn't talk about cancel culture. We didn't talk about mandates. But I guarantee you, somebody in the Biden camp will know the answer to every one of those questions before anybody is going to be nominated to replace Justice Breyer. You can book it. Book it. So what did I tell you I was going to talk to you about before we get away today? Oh, yeah. 6.9% GDP up. That's the best number that this president or anybody in his administration has heard. 6.9 GDP. Let me ask you this. Would you think in your financial condition right now, in what you see when you go fill up for gas or you go to the grocery store, and if you buy things at the grocery store, many of those things you can't get now because the shelves are empty. Would you think... When I heard that number, 6.9% up GDP, I went, come on now. Where did those numbers come from? That's what I thought about. Because my life, my world, with the rampant inflation we have, the supply chain holdups, the expense of everything going through the roof, we're doing better? Our, Our economy is actually better? 6.9% up in one quarter. OMG. How is that possible? Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on with that. And I'm going to tell you why it's going on. What I'm talking about is reporting GDP, gross domestic product, being up 6.9% for one quarter. Yeah, it very well could be. I believe that. But there's a reason why. That's next. Now more than ever, you need the truth. Real news. Real truth. TNN. The Truth News Network.
And now back to John with the weather. Yes, Andy. Tonight, a big storm. Storm this! Get the soccer offer from Pizza Hut and Pepsi. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Yes, a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free! Don't miss the Pizza Hut and Pepsi soccer offer. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. What about the weather, Andy? Don't resist and call 19,000 now. Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized all day. Celsius is better for you energy, made with premium ingredients, zero sugar, and seven essential vitamins, with no high-fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius, essential energy, live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you. Before I get away today, we're 20 minutes left on the show. I want to remind you to get this show. You've got seven ways to get it after the show's over. If you want to grab it, download it, listen to it later, you can always go to the homepage of truthnewsnet.org and the main story, the top story there. Click on the link to that story. Scroll down at the bottom. Less than five minutes after the show's over, this podcast, this broadcast, is there's a link to it at the bottom there. You can get that always. But if you're out and about, you can't do that, but you don't want to forget about it, you can go to Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn Podcast, or Stitcher. And in the search place where you do a search, type in this word, these two words. This is the formal title of this show, TNN Live. When you do that, the big icon, with my ugly mug on it, will pop up with the catalog of the, the recent stories. The latest one's always at the top. You can grab them there. I want you to be able to get them. And another thing, I want you to share this whole thing with everybody. Doesn't cost a dime. Doesn't cost anybody a dime. We'll never cost anybody a dime to be a part of this. And so we just want you to spread the world. Pass it around. Just get somebody to listen in. They may like it. They, they may not like it. Well, real quickly, before we do the gross domestic product thing, let me tell you about a poll that came out yesterday. And I love this. This is incredible. Conducted by the Marquette University Law School. Guess what they found out? 43% of adults nationwide, who who of those people say they're going to support in the upcoming election, presidential election, 2024? According to the Marquette Law School survey, 43% of those adults say they're going to support Joe Biden. 16% said they would choose a different candidate. 33% said they would vote for Trump in a one-on-one matchup against Biden. Now remember the number, 43% they say said they'd vote for Biden. 33% said they would vote for Trump. 16 said they'd vote for somebody else. In a hypothetical race against Ron DeSantis, say, for instance, Trump didn't get the nomination to run, Biden polls slightly worse, 41%, they say, would throw their support behind Biden, while 33% would support DeSantis. Doesn't that just make you feel warm and fuzzy you got all those facts? Of course, the survey doesn't say who they polled, doesn't say how many people they polled. 
Only 29% of those polled, they said, want to see Trump run for president in 2024. 71% said they did not want to see him seek a second turn. Just thought I'd throw that out there for you. Factual, good factual information. We're giving you what they say. We're not weighing in on what they discovered. So here we go. The Bureau of Economic Analysis's advanced estimate of GDP for the fourth quarter of last year, 6.9% at seasonally adjusted annualized rate. Now, why, why does that happen? Let me, just, let me just simplify it for you. What does GDP stand for? Gross domestic product. In other words, that's how much money came in for the sale of all our goods and services in that quarter. Top to bottom, every part of the government, every part of the nation, every dollar we make. And when I say make, that we sell stuff for. If you're in business in any capacity, if you own one, you work in one, you manage one or whatever, you understand top line, what comes in the front door is not what you make. It's what you sell it for. Your services or goods. Whatever goes in the bank account. Top line. Forget about what comes out to pay for producing those goods or services. Forget about all that. You know, playing a mortgage, rent on a building, employees, employee benefits, buying the stuff you use to create the product or the goods that you're selling to people. You got to take all that out. GDP in this Biden administration means absolutely nothing. Why is that? Inflation, folks. Inflation. Do you know that with the present number of inflation, what they're forecasting now, this GDP number would be closer to two if you factored in the current cost that have gone up exponentially. And it doesn't matter what you sell it for. What matters is what you have left at the end of the day when you pay all the bills. Gross. That's the top line. Net is the bottom line. Net, they don't tell you. This is a projection still, by the way. But the Biden administration jumped all over it yesterday. The projection is the gross dollars are going to be up 6.9%. They don't weigh in on the bottom line. That's what you and I have to deal with. You get it? Of course, this comes out, and another big number came out yesterday that I haven't heard anybody. Biden hadn't marched out anybody to talk about this. Pending home sales defied predictions of a rebound at year-end, and they fell by 4% compared with a downwardly revised November estimate. Compared with a year ago, pending home sales fell 7%. Sales were down by 10% or more in both the Northeast and the West. Sales fell in the Midwest and the South as well. This home purchasing downturn largely reflects an extremely low supply of homes for sale. Pending home sales faded toward the end of 2021 as a diminished housing supply offered consumers very few options. 
Mortgage rates have climbed steadily the last few weeks, which unfortunately will ultimately push aside marginal buyers. Home sales expected to contract further this year. Sales are forecast to be down by 3% in 2022 compared with last year. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people aren't buying houses? People are scared to death. People don't know what to do in this environment. We certainly, if we listen to what we're told from Washington and try to take actions based upon what we're told, we go all kinds of off the rail because nothing we're being told in everything. I'm talking about everything, economy, political policy, healthcare, COVID-19, inflation, none of it matches up with the realities that we are living in. People don't want to make major changes like selling a house because you got to go replace a house. Housing prices, they're going up. You know why? Inflation. Your dollar is not worth nearly what it was worth the last day Donald Trump sat behind the Oval Office desk. Why is that? Inflation. Inflation means everything costs more and you have less buying powder with the same number of dollars. And that includes housing, folks. It includes housing. Not everybody's having a problem trying to figure things out. iPhone maker Apple, they had a record 23% market share in China last year. And doing that, they reclaimed their spot as the number one smartphone brand in the country. You know what I keep waiting to see happen? I keep waiting to see and hear about Xi Jinping, the head of the Communist Party and also the president of China, to see him make a call to old Tim, the CEO of Apple, and say, look, made a, made a decision. We're the people that make all your products. My people make iPhones just like we make Nike tennis shoes and everything else that y'all get over in the United States. You get it from us. We're the ones making it possible. So we're tired of shipping all of our technology and everything to you guys over there. We're going to just take it over. We're going to nationalize Apple, at least your operations over here. The surge in iPhone sales came after it was revealed the company signed a secret $275 billion deal with the Communist government of China to build the most advanced manufacturing technologies in the country. In the fourth quarter of 21, Apple's smartphone market share in China surged to a record high. That allows the company to reclaim its spot as the number one smartphone brand in China for the first time in six years. Do you think Xi Jinping, with their economic struggles right now, he's not looking at the apples of the world that have a big footprint in his nation And why does, he knows this better than you or I do, why does Apple get all their stuff produced over there? Well, in part because of technological advancements. A lot of technology changes, creations come out of the nation of China. But that's not the big reason. The reason is the labor market. It's so much cheaper to make anything in China because they believe in slave operations and slave labor over there. They practice it top to bottom. 
and it's no big deal. It's expected. So instead of Apple setting up their assembly processes in the United States and hiring American citizens to make iPhones, hey, man, they could get a $1,000 iPhone 14, 13, whatever number we're on now. They could get it made in China. That $1,000 phone they're going to get $1,000 for in the United States and other nations around the world, they can make it in China, including freight to get it over here for 3 bucks. Why in the heck would they build it over here, right? You don't think Xi Jinping doesn't know that? You don't think he looks at that company, at least the operations over there, which is the heart and soul of Apple, and lathers to think about what he could do with it if it was China's Apple. I would not be shocked at all to hear or see that happen. And if it happens, it will happen quickly. It will be an explosion of epic proportions that happens. And there's nothing Apple can do about it. Wow. Did you hear about what's going on down in Arizona? You know all the uproar over their 2020 election results? That massive audit that both sides hired the big shot attorneys to come in to fight it because one side, the one that was hired by the Democrat National Committee to come in there and uphold, do whatever it takes to uphold the election, the announced election results in Arizona. We can't let those be changed. We can't let any facts that come out change any of that. What we've got to do is denigrate the entire process and convince Americans, especially Arizonans, that everything was okay. And then when the audit actually comes out, there were multiple problems with the election that definitely would have changed the Arizona election results, but they beat everybody up. They being the left beat everybody up so much, nobody wants to talk about it. An arch conservative member of Arizona State House of Representatives has proposed a mammoth overhaul of the state's voting procedures, the entire thing, that if it's passed, will allow legislators to overturn the results of a primary or general election after months of unfounded allegations and partisan audits. That's the story. Unfounded, unfounded allegations. And, of course, partisan audits. Partisans, anybody that doesn't agree with them. The bill was introduced by a guy named John Fillmore. It would change the way Arizonans vote. How? Eliminating most early and most absentee voting, requiring people to vote in their home precincts rather than at voting centers set up around the state. Most dramatically, Fillmore's bill would require the legislature to hold a special session after an election to review election processes and the results and to accept or reject the election results. And of course, we won't go into the, oh, you know what happened stuff. You know about it. We're going to keep our eye on this because I think this is a really big deal. I really do. And I think there are a lot of other states that are looking at this saying, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, we need to check this out. One quick thing before we go. Three military doctors, our U.S. military, three doctors say that medical billing code data captured by Defense Medical Epidemiology Database shows sharp spikes 
in miscarriages, myocarditis, cancer diagnoses, Bell's palsy, female infertility. According to the data found by these military doctors, there was nearly a 300% increase in cancer diagnoses from a 38,700 per year average in 2016 to 2020 to 114,645 in 2021. What's that all about? Oh man, these vaccines, they're wonderful. They don't impact anybody, anybody bad. It's all good. Thanks for being part of the Truth News Network family. Thanks for being here. You guys have a great weekend. Remember our bullet points tomorrow morning. And remember this, as you look ahead, don't look behind. Don't live in the past. Look ahead. The best is yet to come. So long, everybody. Hello again, it's me. Your shoulders where I sit. The half nobody sees. Of a silent partnership.